House come to order if members can take their seats. This budget is a huge job maker, and the number one solution to economic insecurity is a job. Hungry children can't learn, and it's our responsibility to try to help. Equality and opportunity. I believe most people are here because they want to do some good. If you thought capital ideas would go into hiatus now that the legislature is adjourned for the year, no such luck. We're back with a brand new installment and we'll keep coming at you as often as possible during this legislative interim. If you're new here, we call it Capital Ideas because in pre-pandemic times, it was where members of the majority Democratic caucus in the Washington State House of Representatives would sit down at the Capitol and talk about ideas. We've done it remotely for better than a year now, but the ideas are still good ones, and here we go. Today we have a return visit from 29th District Representative Melanie Morgan, and when we sat down in front of our respective computer screens a few days ago, it went like this. Welcome to Capital Ideas, Representative Melanie Morgan from the 29th Legislative District. Thanks for coming. Thank you, Dan. Nice to be on the air with you once again. Today, I I think that what I want to talk about is how you approached being a state lawmaker this session. I know that uh, part of it involves sponsoring bills. Part of it involves being a member of caucus leadership as deputy majority floor leader. Part of it involves being the chair of the members of color caucus. So you've got a lot of hats. You've got a lot of things that you need to pay attention to. So today, let's talk about the strategy that you employed this session to get things done as a lawmaker. Those are good points that you bring up in the different hats that I wear, but there's one thing that is uh, true in every bucket that I'm in, and that's equity. And I think that's a continuation from my first term and bringing it over into my second term. The beauty of it is, is that I've learned more And um, my first year being on agriculture and the natural resources committee. So the first proviso that I sponsored on that was looking at uh, equity in farming and ranching. And so what we got through was um, a proviso to provide another staff member to the Department of Agriculture to take a look at a social equity plan in that area. We are great producers of Lots of commodities in the state of Washington is very lucrative. It's a good life to live as a farmer or rancher in terms of exporting out of the state and around the state. And so I'm looking forward um, to uh, the Department of Agriculture coming back to the legislature next session and reporting back what they learn, especially in this time. uh, with our young adults, that we need to send a message that this is still a viable industry that um, could uh, use young minds, young ideas, um, and uh, young labor. Let's be real. (laughs) Tilling the dirt is not easy if I'm building my garden in my backyard. (laughs) So um, I'm excited about that and seeing what the Department of Agriculture brings back just in that area. Define for people who may not be budget experts or legislative experts, what is a proviso? How does that work? I think I think the easiest way to define that it's a, a financial request 
from the individual budget. We have three budgets, the operating budget, the capital budget, and the transportation budget. And you make requests to each of those budgets. So this farmer's equity staff member is an operational matter. So that would go through the operating budget. I made a request and they agreed. So this is where personal relationships can come in handy in a legislative environment. That is true. Creating relationships, I think, is is vital in terms of understanding the request that I am uh, sending forth, especially in terms of equity. As you know, that the House Democrat Caucus set off on really um, using racial equity as their number one bucket. We have done lots of training in the caucus, and so this is a piece of that. And we know that in equity, to achieve true inclusion in equity, it is all about relationships. In addition to the study of equity in the farming industry, I know you've got at least a couple of other successful attempts to have line items placed into budgets to accomplish a goal. And I, and I want to say basically, mm-hmm. a lot of people, I think, would judge a lawmaker by how many bills did she get passed? Because that's what we hear about, House Bill number such and such. But this proviso aspect of being a lawmaker is is crucially important, I think, and it's a way to achieve your goals and the goals of your constituents without having to go through the, the bill process. That's a good way of saying that. Typically, when I speak to the youth and the young adults, I let them know that we are actually approaching legislation backwards, as I've learned. The reality is we all agree on good policy. As we can see with the example of Juneteenth, I brought that policy forward in 2020 in a short session, meaning a supplemental budget. We could not really make that happen with such short time, and it's a supplement. But bringing it back in 2021 with the full budget now that we're dealing with. So all policies have to be paid for. And so some of them don't need to be legislation like this didn't need to be a law to tell the Department of Agriculture to create another staff position. So that's uh, why we went this way. There are some things that do have to be a law, like Juneteenth, to establish a state holiday. But it also costs money, which is also in the operational budget because it has to pay for the staff members who um, are going to be taking the time off. And that is now Washington is joining. I want to applaud this. Washington is joining uh, several other states, not all of them, unfortunately, that have recognized the significance of Juneteenth and made it a paid state holiday on par with 10 others. You worked hard on that, and congratulations. Thank you very much. I think the push... I I know that everybody agreed that this was a a great acknowledgement of the atrocity of chattel slavery that existed in our nation. But, you know, we're in a pandemic and lots of people, when we first brought this back, were how do we make this happen while we also make sure that our state is whole? And I think that we did an awesome job in all three branches in ensuring that we gave some dignity to Black African Americans given the Black Lives Matter movement that took place last summer. 
that this was great, but we also ensured that we took care of our constituents as well. In business, in healthcare, or rental assistance, in ensuring that all of our constituents were made whole and brought together, and that if it were, this is going to be a big climb out. But in the meantime, let's celebrate together our reconciliation together, that that's what we've been doing for over 400 days is moving together. Wow, Dan, this is what this bill is about, right? It is about coming together as a nation and saying no more. Enough is enough. Time is up. We want to move to a place of inclusion, a place where we love our neighbors, that we help our neighbors, and that we are all successful. To me, that spells success in the state of Washington. And I couldn't agree more. Before you became a lawmaker, you were many things. You're a school director, you're an Army veteran, and one of the other things that you have have invested some of your energy into is being a housing activist. And I know that one of your provisos, I'm not sure the details, but I know that it had to do with uh, trying to help people who are not currently housed. This is an amazing story. I've been working in the housing industry, low-income housing industry, since 2004, serving on the Pierce County Housing Authority board for nine years, and then being homeless myself. So this is not just um, in terms of legislation. This is a personal journey in making, in restoring my dignity, in restoring um, my pathway in access, in correcting that so that my neighbors don't have to go through that because I've been there and now they have elected me to represent them to tell the legislature that no more homelessness needs to happen. And I think we did a wonderful job in that as we saw the governor signed Representative Macri's bill in Just Cause, and I'm excited about that. One of my bills that I did have was 1441 to allow no evictions due to the pandemic, but that got rolled into her bill, and I'm excited. But the other piece of that, Dan, is in the south of my district, there aren't any resources. We do not have a homeless shelter. We don't have a day center. You have to go to Tacoma. Um, we don't even have adequate transportation, so you can't even get to that, to those shelters if you wanted to. So I have brought money back to the community to create a shelter here in unincorporated Pierce County, and I'm excited. Something that you said earlier about sometimes it's not all about legislation that you pass, even though that's what I am. I'm a lawmaker, but the reality is I brought home over $11 million in my name. That's big in all the projects. That's a bigger success to me than, than how many bills did I pass because these are true resources that I'm bringing that the community needs. We don't necessarily always need another law, but we need a homeless shelter. And the other one I'll just move into is transportation here in uh, South Pierce County. It's actually uh, very dangerous. We live the closest to Mount Rainier. If Mount Rainier erupts, we have no way of getting out. There's one way in and there's one way out. I petitioned the transportation budget to do a study on another way out of South Pierce County that uh, will hopefully flow out to I-5. Let me jump across the mountains here for a minute. You're from west of the mountains. Uh, many people 
I think try to capitalize on the fact that there is a physical divide here in this state and turn it into an ideological divide. But you, from the west side, went out of your way to insert a proviso into the capital budget this year to provide a community resource center for a traditionally underserved group of people in the Pasco, Washington area. Pasco is a long way to the east of the Cascade Mountains. Uh, Yes, and the reason why I chose that community, because that community, that black community has actually been there for a very, very long time. If you go back and look at the history, they were actually redlined across literal railroad tracks into an area. And so that spoke to me in terms of the equity that we, the work that we're doing in the house. And it is typical that you don't really get a proviso request outside of your district, but this one was special. I was glad to sponsor that proviso. And it's, it's a project that's not a one and done. It's a project that's phased out over the next couple of years in refurbishing community centers and building a community resource center. As we saw, there was a bill passed, I believe, by Representative Eslick from the Republicans about community resource centers. And so we are going to use that and build that up. In addition to the things we've talked about, you you had a successful bill that uh, has been signed into law now that has to do with equity in Washington's relatively new and growing cannabis industry. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about this. This has also been a long haul as well. In uh, 2020, we created a task force for social equity in cannabis. But we realized after meeting, in which we didn't get to meet much because, you know, the pandemic stopped us from getting our work done. But we, what we did get through, we realized, hearing from the community, that we were only focusing, focusing on retail licenses. And so the new bill, 1443, it just expands the scope of the task force. Now to look at producer processor, now uh, look at the agriculture so that we get to view more of the industry than just retail. It also added technical assistance in terms of how do you start this business and mentorship. We don't have a lot of people who are in the industry in terms of black African-Americans, but we have to start somewhere. And so this is where we can uh, match up uh, individuals who have had some experience, and as you said, in our new industry to bring along the new ones. I think the most exciting piece of this legislation is um, reconciliation once again and making things right. And so bringing it back around circle and and making it whole, that the social equity uh, plan that we are looking at is ensuring that the very individuals who uh, were arrested and imprisoned under a felony for selling the very product that we have legalized today have first access at any dormant or recovered licenses that we currently have. And so we'll be creating a process for them to engage if they so choose. I think it's obvious that all of your actions this session have had to do with equity in one way or another, social equity, racial equity, economic equity. That word is new in the legislative vocabulary. That's beautiful. 
I did nothing but pick up the baton of where this country left off of 50 years ago when Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated. This is what he wanted. And so I am proud of the state of Washington in electing the very representatives that will bring the legislation that they need, not what a group of people feel or think that we need, but know from the lived experience, this is what my community needs. I know that they need this equity across the board. The work is only beginning. But what I'm most proud of is that we had a caucus that was opened to the idea of facing their own implicit biases or using the equity questions that I brought forth, like how does this impact communities of color? Have you actually reached out to those communities to ensure that you're not gatekeeping, that this is truly what they need? And I believe that that really turned out well. You can see a lot of those bills that passed out, there's an equity component. That's what the leadership of the House Democrats were trying to do, was to integrate the five questions into all of our legislation coming forward to include our budget provisos. And I think we set off on a great start. Much more work to be done, Dan, but I'm most proud that the community in the legislature is opened enough to let's look at this. Yes, this is what we need to do. This could not have happened pre-2019. Pre-2019, we didn't have enough representation to say that this is an issue. The majority wins. If the majority is that we don't feel equity is necessary, then we won't have equity. Well, now, Members of Color Caucus are a third of the caucus, and we said that it's an issue, not because I'm Melanie Morgan and I'm a black woman, but it's because the people that I represent say this is what we want, and this is why we elected you, and this is what I will do for them. And so I'm most proud to serve the state of Washington as we see that it just, I brought home money for my community, because you take care of your house first now, and so I took care of my house. And then I also reached out to my neighbors in Pasco, Washington, to make sure they're coming along with us. And that's what I'm most proud of. I want to put in a plug for Juneteenth. June 19th is quickly approaching. I want this to be celebrated as we celebrate our independence on July 4th. This was the independence of the African slaves. Please participate with us. This is an opportunity to engage, to create inclusion, to learn the history, to learn about Black African Americans, learn the true narrative, not the narrative that was given to you, but who are these people for real? And that's what I'm excited about, the fellowship around this and bringing a culture into the forefront. Happy Juneteenth. Happy Juneteenth. I don't think there's any better way to end this podcast than on that note, Melanie. And so what I will say is, unless you've got something else you really want to add, I think that uh, you just put a good exclamation point on this particular episode of Capital Ideas. All right. Have a great afternoon. You too. Bye-bye. If you feel like you got something worthwhile out of the last few minutes, I invite you to subscribe to Capital Ideas wherever fine podcasts are offered for free.
This is your state government, and what happens here matters. The more you know about how it works, the better it can work for you and for everyone. I'm Dan Frizzell for the Washington State House Democrats, putting people first since 1889. Thanks for listening, and stay safe.